and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. The podcast to get raw and real about running an online business, living life as an entrepreneur, and figuring it all out as you go. After creating seven figures in my first three years as a coach, doing what I love every single day, I truly believe that you deserve the money, joy, and life of your dreams. I hope to inspire you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I just got done eating a sunflower butter cup, pretending that that is healthier than eating a Reese's. It's got to be a little healthier, right? But now I'm here ready to do a Q&A with you guys. So I asked on Instagram, which if you're not following me, you need to be following me because we do Q&As and we chat and I show you my life and all the things at underscore the Taylor Lee. So I asked you guys what you wanted to hear me cover in a Q&A on the podcast. And I love doing Q&As. Sometimes I ca- I include Q&As in my course programs and they're just like my favorite thing. I love to see what you guys want to know. So I set aside 30 minutes and I'm going to try to rapid fire answer as many of these questions as possible. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Number one, what is your monthly sales or marketing plan? Like, it seems like you sell one offer a week. So, um, here's what I do every month. I feel into what I have room for and what I desire to sell. So I say what I have room for it sounds kind of boring, but I say that because I know that I take on three private clients at a time. I know that I can have t- up to 12 women in my inner circle and have my effortlessly rich mastermind for women already doing 20K months, which has five spots. And then I know I have my three main programs courses, which are transparent sales, which is about sales, overflow, which is about money, and unwavering, which is about you. And so I just feel into what do I have room for? And sometimes I don't have room for much. So I sell, um, something like transparent sales or unwavering, um, self-study where you just go through the trainings as you have time. Um, sometimes I have spaces. So I knew going into this month that I had space for a private client, right? So I know that that's going to be in the marketing plan. Um, Or maybe I have nine people in the inner circle and it's feeling really spacious. So I feel like I could bring in a couple more, or maybe I only have seven in the inner circle, but it feels kind of full. So even though I technically have spots and that should be on the plan, I might not actually include it on the plan, right? Sometimes I have, um, things are full, but I want to do a live version of unwavering or overflow and um, sell the program where I teach it live, which can be really fun. So I feel into a mix of what do I have room for? Okay. Now on that list, what feels the most exciting? And with my courses, I try to only have one per month. Um, and then I may sprinkle in some high ticket spots. So I'm not necessarily selling one thing a week. 
Um, it may look like that sometimes, but that's not really the goal. So that's how I decide. And then of course, sometimes there's like something new, like as I'm recording this, I'm about to launch a workshop. So it'll be like two hours with me live, um, talking about running a million dollar business. And that's brand new. And I decided to do that, not because I needed to, not because I didn't have something else to sell, but I just crossed that milestone and I'm excited to talk about it. Right. So that's how I do that. Um, how far out do you plan? Um, probably not even 30 days. (laughs) I try to have the monthly plan because I do have a team, but I usually like nine times out of 10 will change it during the month three or four or five times. So I don't, I don't actually plan it in advance. Um, what are your best tips for selling six to 12 month one-on-one packages? Okay. So to be honest, I've never sold a 12 month, uh, one-on-one package. I have sold a 12 month mastermind, but I think the real question here is what it, what are my tips for selling high ticket? My biggest tip for selling high ticket is you need to make sure that you don't have any weirdness around the high ticket. Now that's a little extreme because, I always have, there's always something, there's always something you could get in your head about. There's always something that you could question. I never know if I'm charging the right price. I never know if it's the right length. There's no way to know that. However, at the same time of not knowing, I do know it's like, I don't know if it's the right price, but I know it feels like the right price. And I know it's a good price. I don't know if I'm choosing the right length for this program. And it totally could be four months instead of six months or nine months instead of six months. But I know that six months feels good to me. And it's an incredible amount of time to work with your one-on-one mentor. So anything like that, um, that you may feel like not sure about, not sure if it's the right move, not sure if it's right you just want to look at, make sure you feel good about the price. Make sure you feel good about the length. Make sure you feel good about what's included. Um, make sure you feel good about who it's for. Make sure you feel good about believing there's people in your audience that can afford it. Um, my other, so that's really important. And then once you make sure that you feel good about all those things, know that you still will not know for sure. You still will question, What I have to say about that is there is no right answer for any of those. You decide and then you choose to stay in that decision, which moves me into my second biggest tip. Don't go selling your one-on-one as if you can talk about it once and you're going to sell it. That's an amazing goal. That would be really cool for it to happen that way, but it oftentimes doesn't. So I don't sell my one-on-one anymore with a timeline at all. I just talk about the spots I have open when there's spots open, as long as I have time to, um, But in the past, when I was first getting really confident and really solid in booking out my private coaching program, I would set aside six weeks where I fully committed to selling my one-on-one during those six weeks. And that can be scary. And a lot of the time, and this is why it's so important, you won't see anything come in for the first couple weeks. And I have booked my one-on-one many times like this. Um, so essentially I've had six figure, six weeks by booking out, um, five 20 K clients in six weeks, but almost every single time I wouldn't have a client book until week five. And then it's like that first one is the hardest and then the floodgates open and then they all come in pretty quickly after that. But I always think back and I'm like, imagine if I wouldn't have committed to six weeks and I would have given up early. So it doesn't have to take six weeks. 
Um, but that worked for me. And so regardless, things take as long as you give them. So now looking back, I'm like, I probably could have done the same thing in three or four weeks, but I'm just glad I did it that way. And I recommend that to people who feel kind of shaky with their high ticket. Okay. How to get more PR. Um, so to be honest, I have not worked with any like a PR person. I have had clients and I've had friends who've worked with PR people and it's gone really well. Um, but the funny thing is, is people have reached out to me. So, um, the podcast that I've been on have either been, and this is what I really want to get to relationships I've already had or people reaching out. And when you look at what podcasts I've been on and where I've been featured, granted I've been in Forbes. I paid to be in Forbes a long time ago through the Forbes coaching council. I'm not really into paying for PR, to be honest. I tried it, whatever. Um, it's not good. It's not bad. I don't know. I didn't, honestly, I've been in Forbes. I didn't, nobody has ever said they found me through Forbes, but tons of people have told me they found me through my own podcast and podcasts I've been on. And so honestly, I think I've done a pretty good job with PR in terms of that, because I don't think of it as PR. I think of it as collaborating with people I love. So, um, like I'm more than happy to be on a podcast, even if that person has a lot less followers than me, because even if you have 500 or a thousand followers, yeah, I have a lot more than you, but if you're a client or a friend or a peer, or even just a follower, who's really supportive, like, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And that's another even couple hundred to a thousand people that you're going to share me with. Like what an honor. So I don't really look to be on like the best of the best, biggest of the biggest podcasts, or even, I mean, I don't write articles. I have been featured in articles, but I'm like, why would I put my focus into that? Who reads articles? I don't, I don't know. You know, and here's the thing, you guys never say never. This podcast might come out in the just worst timing where the next day you see me get featured in some article, but that's besides the point. To be honest, my biggest tip for getting PR is connect with people, be friends with people, um, and leverage the people in your world. That's been the easiest for me and ask to be on their show, ask to, I mean, do a live stream together and IGTV together to shout each other out in some way, a story takeover. Like there's so many things you can do. And a lot of people don't realize this because a lot of you haven't been following me for six years, but my first year as a coach, the number one way I built my audience was not Facebook ads. And it wasn't really organic marketing. I mean, I guess technically, but it wasn't Instagram hashtags or anything. It was collaboration with women that I met in Facebook groups. So I... I'm very introverted. So to be honest, I never have reached out to people to be on their stuff, but people who have reached out to me or who've been kind to me, I'm kind back. I've built friendships. And then we would go live together. We'd shout each other out. We would do collaborations together. And that grew my audience by the first few thousand people. And, um, I'm really glad I did that. So put yourself out there, collaborate with people and don't, don't set your expectations so high where you think that you should grow your audience by a ton overnight because you did one PR thing. That's not how it works. Um, but be grateful for every single person who does come to you through your collaborating and your PR efforts. So, um, the next question is why are you moving to Florida? 
Dun, dun, dun. Um, no. So, uh, if you don't know you guys, cause I've been sharing this on Instagram. If you want to know everything in my life, follow me on Instagram, but I crossed, I went to Florida in the end of March. I crossed seven figures in revenue or cash received in my business in 12 months at the end of March while we were in Florida. And I also bought a house. And so now we're doing all the things to move. So Frankie's working with, you know, through the things with his job and, you know, we rent the home we're in now and we're in at least for another year. So we've been working through that with the landlord, which is actually, it's all working out so divinely and perfectly, but, um, yeah, we bought a house in Florida right now. I live in Connecticut, if you don't know. So, um, the story is I'm from Florida. I, I was born in Florida. I lived in Florida until I was, um, 18 or 19 years old. And then I moved to Connecticut. My husband is born and raised here. Um, but we've always known we were going to move South because I'm not the winters here are, and I know like Canada and anywhere, obviously North of us. And I think some people in the Midwest have like much more brutal winters than we do. But in my opinion, it is cold here more often than not. I'm not here for it, but you know, my husband's family is here and his job is here. So we've always known we would move somewhere with a little bit better weather for me. Um, and just somewhere to kind of like, I don't know, I got a lot out of starting fresh moving across the country. Um, and so we always thought, we never thought Florida cause my husband thought it would be too hot, but, um, honestly, our decision is mostly weather-based. I'm not kidding. But, um, yeah, so we thought maybe we'd move to North Carolina. I held an event in North Carolina on this beautiful lake. So I kind of thought maybe I'd move there into that lake town. It's just so freaking gorgeous. And um, the fact of the matter is now we have a baby. And so we have family in like a couple different states. We have a lot of family in Connecticut. We have a decent amount of family in Florida. We have a decent amount of family in like Kentucky. We have a decent amount of family in Hawaii, even. That's where my mom lives. Um but we just decided Florida. It makes a lot of sense for us. I'm excited for the weather. We were able to get the home that we wanted. Like the other thing is like why we don't want to stay here in Connecticut or why we didn't just move to Hawaii is I wanted our main home to be somewhere with lots of land and a nice big house and somewhere that we could have animals and also like a really nice house and a pool and still be kind of close to family somewhat. And we got all of that and more in a beautiful little beach town in Florida. And I'm very, very excited. So that's why. Um, so it just makes a lot of sense for us. Next question. Are you religious? Ooh, personal questions. Um, gosh, I saw this question to come through. So I, I had to think about it. I didn't have to, I started to think about it a little bit, which maybe kind of tells you where I'm at with this question. I believe in God or the universe. I personally kind of think of those as one and I def like I definitely believe in a higher power. I definitely believe in source. I definitely I'm definitely spiritual. I definitely feel very connected spiritually. I definitely think there's obviously always more um, to grow into that. But I don't. I would not say I I'm religious, and I would not say that I identify with any one religion. Um, 
but I love religion. I love learning about religion. I think it's really interesting. And for me, I also grew up like always wanting to be religious. So one side of my family is really big in, um, a church. So I went to like summer camp for that. And I would go to the Sunday school for that and all that, but, um, it didn't quite resonate a hundred percent. And then I, um, that's my mom's side of the family. And then after moving with my dad, um, gosh, I just, I wanted to be a part of a church. I wanted to be part of a religion. So I found a church. I started going, I took myself every Sunday. Then I started taking my siblings with me every Sunday. I got baptized and, um, I wouldn't say it was like the healthiest experience I've ever had. (laughs) Um, and so I just, I just feel better, like kind of uh, exploring my own spirituality and like not having it need to fit into a box of a religion and connecting in myself. And honestly, I really am happy with where I'm at with it. So yeah, I would say I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. I think, is that how you would say that? I'm not sure. And I'm definitely not perfect in that area at all, but, um, that's where I'm at. I've done a lot of exploring in my lifetime about religions and what I want to be a part of and all that. And, um, I love that through the coaching industry, I've found like just spirituality and, and working with the universe. And I'm really, really happy with that relationship. Um, so here's another really great question. You guys, do you believe that leaps of faith can be irresponsible sometimes phoning a friend? So, um, here's what I think. I think sometimes it depends. What's a leap of faith? No, I don't think a leap of faith. Like if I've seen people do the craziest things that I think are so admirable, like you taking a risk to live your best life. Like you get one life, you have one life. It's short. I think society takes it way too serious. I think we take money too serious. I think we take success too serious. I think we stress out about every little thing. I think that we believe that there's like one or two ways to be successful in life. And I think that we make success equal happiness. And I think we have success put in way too small of a box. And so I don't know, what does a leap of faith look like? Do you mean like leaving everything behind and starting new? No, I don't think that's irresponsible. Do you mean saying peace out to your job? No, I don't think that's irresponsible. I will say, um, Sometimes people use the word leaps of faith in investing in a coach. And I don't think that's irresponsible at all, no matter what you do to make it happen. But I do think if you feel like you're doing it because you're under pressure to do it or because you think you have to do it, um, or someone's being very pushy or salesy towards you, or even you're just giving your power away to a coach, meaning you think that they have something you don't, you think that they're better than you, um, I would proceed with caution. But if you feel like you're following your heart, it's just that everyone is going to think you're freaking crazy. I say, do it, live your best life. And you know what? Worst case scenario, you'll get a job. I mean, like, I don't know your exact situation, but to me, I'm like the worst thing ever in my life. Like even if the business fell apart and we lost it all and we couldn't afford this house and my husband and I would have to go get jobs and we'd refigure life out. And some people think of that as the most horrific thing that could ever happen to them. And for those of you in jobs, I'm sorry, but I don't think of it that way. I just think of it as like, I would rather give this a shot. And I have chosen that I, 
I will be so in awe when I look back and so grateful that I built a six-figure business and then I built a multiple six-figure business and then I built a seven-figure business, even if it doesn't sustain forever and ever and ever. Because who knows what the next, hopefully... 80 years or something looks like for me, right? And looks like for the world. Um, And that when I had my first six-figure month, I had to make that decision. I was so in my head. How would I keep this consistent? How would I sustain it? And of course, that's the goal. And I have sustained it. But I wasn't able to make it until I said, you know what? I'd rather do it once than never. And I'd rather build this business once than never. I'd rather build this type of life once than never. Yeah. So no. Um, I don't think it's irresponsible. I do think sometimes people give their power away, but I don't think it's irresponsible to follow your heart ever. Um, when do you know it's time to change your plan for a launch? Here's my rule. You guys do not change your launch plan until the launch is over. I believe when you plan your launch, you say universe, this is what I want. And this is how I'm deciding that I'm creating it. But then when we get into our launch and I mean, people do this day one, day two, day three, they're like, oh my God, I'm not on track. I don't have as many sales as I thought. I don't have as many sales as I need. People aren't reaching out. People aren't clicking. And then you question what you're doing. And even if you try to do more or less or quit or change the plan, you're leaving what you asked for behind. And it's why I think the energetics of the launch, one reason gets so messy. So um, in my launch program, which I don't really sell anymore because some of it is a little overcomplicated, but um, I really do believe this. When you plan your launch, you tell the universe what you want. I want a five-figure launch and I want to do it by doing these tasks. Do those tasks, hold the faith until the very end. And then at the end, you will reevaluate meaning you will look at what went well, what didn't, what lessons did I learn? What am I taking with me? What am I leaving behind? There's always another launch. People, this isn't a question. I mean, it might be later, but people ask me all the time, how do you not fear it not happening? How do you not fear not making the money? How do you not fear the clients not coming in? And it's like, A, worst case scenario, I have to go get a job one day. I'm not afraid of that. I'll do that. And also B, there's always another launch. There's always another launch. There's always another month. There's always another program. Like if it doesn't happen, I'm not afraid of that. I just will move on and, and go on to the next thing. Um, uh, Terry asked, now that you hit 1 million in 12 months, what are your next goals? Do you have something new in mind? So yes, I love this question. I have a few different goals. Number one, we are obviously a huge goal and focus right now is the move, which will happen in the next like six months or so. Um, manifesting sooner, always manifesting sooner, but, um, that's a lot, you know, closing out everything here and it's just, it's going to be a lot. So that's my biggest goal. My second goal is like wealth in general. So I have, I'm hiring a new accountant and a tax uh, strategist, and I have an amazing financial planner for personal finances that I brought on board this year. And um, so I'm like moving my retirement accounts. I've been investing in the stock market. I've been, um, you know, a lot of my money will leave the high yield savings account that I have. And I love it. So I want to refill that account. I want to renovate the home. I want to make it completely ours. 
I want to bring Frankie on as an employee. I want to get us insurance. I want to invest even more in the stock market. I want to invest even more in different types of savings accounts and things and retirements and um, just kind of create real wealth, which is exciting and new. And it's like, yeah. And then, um, you know, to be really honest, you guys in my business, it's crazy for me to think that I could make more than a million in a year. Um, honestly, it's kind of funny already we're on track for a million in nine months. So that's kind of my next goal. Like, let's just speed it up. Thinking about making like a million and a half or 2 million in a year just feels like so crazy. But when I looked at the numbers, I'm like, oh my God, we could totally do a million in nine months. So I'm going for that right now. I do know eventually you will see me celebrating the multiple six figure months, the multiple seven figure years. And, um, I'm doing that. So I can serve more people. I can help more people create seven figure businesses. I can, um, renovate our home. I can invest more in our future. So like my goal would be to like, be, I don't think I'll necessarily quit the business or quit working, but I want to have enough like investments to be retired at like 40, 45, at least, um, like income streams through my investments, like livable, like livable, well livable. And then, um, also Frankie and I have another business idea, but I would say that that is more of a, probably a year out or so. So we actually have a lot of business ideas, but, um, you know, the next one that feels like we're pretty clear on it, ready to go, but we won't be starting that until we're in Florida for certain reasons. Um, okay. We have a couple more minutes. Where are my other questions? Okay. This is a great question. I would love to know who you've been coached by and the amazing outcomes from each on this path. I've had a ton of coaches, so I'm just going to name some that have been incredibly impactful. And I highly suggest that you go follow them. And this is an example of not being afraid of sending people to people or telling people who your coach is. It's such a funny thing in the business um, coaching industry. My first coach ever is not a business coach anymore, but um, funny enough, when I worked with her for business, she helped me with business, but she helped me a lot with feminine and masculine energy and my relationships and things like that. And her name is Lauren Joyce. I think she is the magnetic woman on Instagram. Let me look. The magnetic. Yeah, she is. You should follow her. She's incredible. That's my first business coach. I also, and I I know I have some listeners who work with uh, Melissa Farr. That was my second business coach. I worked with her for so long. Um, I did her group program. I don't know if she still runs it, but I did her group program. I did her mastermind. Um, I've gone to live events with her. She really helped me build my business up to 20K months. Um, And then I've worked with Amanda Francis for years. I worked with Amanda one-on-one. I've now been in her mastermind for nearly a year. She's the money queen. I hope all of you know her life-changing. And I've also worked with Melanie Ann Lair one-on-one. And I love her. She'll change your whole life. And she goes, and I always say like, she goes deep. Like Amanda will help you see how freaking easy and simple everything is. Melanie will help you go so deep into the areas you need to go deep in and just like change who you are as a human, which I needed when I worked with her. I actually worked with her through my pregnancy. So, um, that's that. 
I mean, I've worked with a lot more coaches than that. I've worked with Cassie Howard one-on-one a few times. Um, I'm probably forgetting people, but those are the people that have made the biggest impact on me that I will be so forever grateful for. I love them. I love them. I love them. Um, what are your favorite books? Which have you read more than once? I have read very few business books. I have listened to Leveraging the Universe by Mike Dooley. You've got to listen to that. That is the book. That's the book. <laughs> That's the book. I've read The 4-Hour Workweek. I've read um, Some of the Big Leap, which I highly suggest. Obviously, Amanda Francis's book, Rich AF. Um, get rid... Re- uh, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. <laughs> I've read that book a long time ago. So good. Um, Do Less by Kate Northrup. I'm literally like turned around looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, that's nearly it. I've maybe read one or two more books than that. I'm not a big reader, but those books are all so good. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, We'll leave it at that, you guys. I think we're definitely going to have a part two Q&A. So I hope you love this. Um, Like I said, follow me on Instagram if you're not already, because that's where the Q&As happen. That's where you get to tell me what you want on the podcast. That's where you get to stay in the loop with all the life updates. And I literally show my day like pretty much every single day and what I'm selling and how you can work with me. And so make sure you're there. But hope you love this. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. But before you go, if this helped you find clarity, feel motivated, or learn something new, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a five-star review on this podcast? It would mean the absolute world to me as this podcast is still really new and it would help other badasses just like you find this show. And that is the most amazing thing I could ever ask for. So thank you in advance for leaving that five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye guys.